Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. All right, thank you and on with the show. Exercise has always been something that I value in my life. It's good for my mental health. It makes me feel good. But since having kids, it's a lot harder to find time for it. It's not just the motivation, given that any exercise time is effectively me time, because very rarely do you have your kids with you. But sometimes it's just physically impossible. And I know I'm not alone here. But if you throw in feeling exhausted from everything you do, whether you're working, staying at home with your kids, it can make it even harder to get regular exercise into your life. Dr. Darren Morton wants you to know that it doesn't have to be as hard as we think it is. His latest book is called Live More Happy, Scientifically Proven Ways to Lift Your Mood and Your Life. And he's here to talk to us about how we can fit more movement into our lives. He's in the studio now to explain more. Hi, Darren. How are you? I am great. It's good to be with you. So can you see, I mean, you've got kids. Can you Mm. see how when your kids are really young, it can just feel impossible to do any kind of exercise. Oh, yeah. And I remember those, particularly when during those prolonged periods of sleep deprivation, <laughs> where we're mustering the motivation just to move in any shape or form is, is a real challenge. Um, so, look, yeah, well, look, let's acknowledge straight up that, it, that, that it's hard. And, um, and, you know, sometimes you'll fail and sometimes <laughs> that, that day you won't move too much. Um, and, but look, being intentional about just trying to get, you know, that, that, that movement time we know is tremendously beneficial. Um, I just want to come back to you. I, I like the way you introduced that segment by saying that it's always been, you, you prioritize exercise and it's been part of, you know, what you do, which is wonderful. Um, what I want to say though, because I've, I've been in this game for many years trying to help motivate people to become more active and, and what I've come to realize, I mean, I go and, and speak to audiences all the time and I have moved away from using the word exercise. And the reason for that is that often when I'm talking to an audience and I use that word, I see their eyes roll into the back of their heads <laughs> and then, and it's like, oh, and all of a sudden they're not listening to me anymore. And I actually had some fun with this. I, I, I sometimes will say to an audience, I'll say, let's just, let's just play a word association game for a moment. So if I say the word exercise, what's the first two words that, you know, come to your mind and, and invariably the most po- common one, I'll see, what, what do you think might be the most common one? Pain? Yes! (laughs) Isn't this intriguing? So uh, pain is consistently the most common response that I hear. Now, that's interesting. That's come from you who said that you actually enjoy it. You said the most common one. If you ask me what my word association would be, this is going to sound so wanky, but it would be peace. Because peace. Peace. Because when I was young and I I used to run a lot, high impact energy kind of things is what I used to do. And it was a way for processing emotions when I was younger. Now that I have children, it's about doing slower exercise like yoga and swimming. But when you talk about that word association and not using the word exercise, it made me think about what I think when I do them. So for me, yoga... um, I, I actually don't think about it as losing weight or anything like that. I feel it's 
it's my only opportunity to stretch after I've carried the kids or slept mm. with them and I've mucked up my back. So that's, yeah. I don't think of it as exercise and I wonder if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, that's exactly. So, so thank you for going there. Um, <laughs> so look, what, what we know, I mean, Aristotle said this you know, a couple of thousand years ago that people tend to move away from things that cause them pain yeah. and they move towards things that give them pleasure. Fair enough. And, uh, and so look, what intrigues me then is when people have that association with exercise equals pain. Or the sweat's the other word that commonly features. You know, is it any wonder that many of us struggle to engage with it? And so I think probably if there was one takeaway message that I would, I would like to communicate to the listeners is that it doesn't need to be painful. And in fact, don't even think about it as exercise. Yeah, it just is movement. And for me, I think that where the, the power of this comes in is we, we know, and in fact, one of the chapters in my book is titled uh, Motion Creates Emotion. You know, we know that the way that you move, right, in fact, not, any, it's not even the way you posture your body, interestingly enough, actually has a profound effect on your emotional brain. So, you know, the analogy I like to use is, well, the illustration I like to use is that we know that throughout your body are distributed somewhere between six to 10 million, so that's a big number, <laughs> yes. of these, these tiny little nerves um, called proprioceptors. And those proprioceptors feed information up to your brain to tell your brain where your body parts are in relation to each other and, and how you're moving. And on the way up to your higher brain, your thinking brain, they actually pass through your emotional brain. And so this is why motion creates emotion. And so I, I really, what I encourage people to do nowadays is just to, just to move in any way that you can. And the more dynamic that you can make that, then the, the better off you'll be. But always recognizing that some movement is better than none. And so look, look if that means for you, you know, just you can sit on the floor and, and do some stretching exercises while the kids are, you know, running, <laughs> running, creating havoc, havoc around your home. Yes, all that kind <laughs> of stuff. Well, then that's a positive thing, right? And so we often feel there's, there's often a lot of guilt associated with what we're not doing with oh, our yeah. health behaviours. Yes. It's actually interesting. The, the, uh, in 2016, the um, Australian Psychological Society published a report looking at some of the key stresses of Australians. And, you know, in the top four stresses alongside, you know, finances, which, you know, so the, the, the big ones, was um, what people are not doing for the health that they believe they should be doing. Wow. Yeah, so we get these messages. And so, look, I think I'd like to just alleviate these concerns. We hear that people, you should be doing 30 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity, you know, at most days of the week. And most people think, well, that sort of sounds like I should be clutching my heart, you know, in a lather of sweat, pounding the pavement 30 minutes a day. No, it doesn't need to be like that. In fact, what we know, and, and I'm very much immersed in the, the whole behavior change world, we know that for people to sustain behavior, you know, it's one thing to get excited and then for the next three weeks, you know, go from this walking hit or, or go to the gym or whatever it might be. But we know that there is, there is a lot of decay in, in terms of people's health behaviors when they do those sorts of things. Um, what we know is that people need to find things that they enjoy. Right. Unless you can learn to love it, you're probably not going to continue with it in the long term. As I, I was thinking exactly that because the other thing that I do is swim. And 
um, I decided to take an ocean swim course because I'm terrified of waves and rips and sometimes sharks, but mostly waves and rips. <laughs> and now a friend and I meet every week if we can and go for a swim at the local beach um, that I have been told has shark nets. But um, <laughs> the thing is for us, like, it, it's not... The swim is great because I'm in the ocean and I love the ocean. But afterwards, we have a coffee and we talk, and yes. it's become this sacred little, um, sacred little space for me and yes. me time. But it's also, you know, the side thing is getting exercise as well. Yes. Um, so I wonder if we can explore that idea a bit because I think that idea about guilt and not doing something is mm. what. We all feel, uh, especially mums are so good at guilt. Mm. We feel guilt about everything. Yes. And um, that idea of finding something that you love to exercise, then then you don't, then you actually are motivated to do it, as yes. you said. But what about those days? Let's start with the guilt and then move on to how you find something you love. Mm. Are you saying that like, if you just don't do exercise one day, just to let it go, just to say, tomorrow's another day? It's okay. It's normal not to do it every day. Yeah, that's exactly right. And look, we know from from a behaviour change point of view, you even see like the the, the smoking ads that come out nowadays, and they, they talk about you know never quit on quitting. Yeah, you know, this this whole idea. Yeah, look, we all have days like that. You know, so we're all there are going to be days when we gorge ourselves on too much pizza and chips and chocolate, <laughs> whatever to get through. But hey, today's a fresh day, you know, and start it again. And so yeah, I think we really need to take away that that stress of Oh, I'm not doing enough, and um, there's there's a, we're just bombarded nowadays, you know, with 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 media and, and the like of all these things that we should be doing. And yes, I think, and as you mentioned, mother guilt is oh, man. Is, is huge. Um, look, we we need to be kinder to ourselves. I think in that regard. Okay, start with being kinder to yourself. Mm. If you're not someone who naturally finds exercise enjoyable, mm. and I know we're talking about movement, not exercise, yes, movement. Um, being active. Let's being active. How do you suggest you can start to find what it is you love doing? Yeah, look, and I think part of that is is actually, you know, as Plato said, um, know thyself, and and it's getting, you know, what really works for you. For example, are you an introvert or are you an, an extrovert? And what we know is that if you're an extroverted person, you need to be active with others, right? Because the the, the more pleasurable. You know, you can make it. The less painful you can make it, the more inclined you you will uh, to keep doing it in the long term. So you know, you, you've just mentioned that you, you catch up with your friend. What we actually know is that having an accountability partner, oh yes, makes a huge difference. <laughs> Particularly, I used to go walking with a friend, and we used to get up at six o'clock, which before children was very early, <laughs> and that was the only way I could get out of bed was knowing that she'd be outside my flat waiting for me. So that's yes. really interesting that you sign someone up. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And we know that that's really, really important. It's interesting when you have kids, your, your definition of what is an early, <laughs> what constitutes an early morning. I used to think that you know, any time before six was early, and then I, my reference changed any time before five is just not right. <laughs> yes, yes, five is manageable. But look, it's interesting you mentioned the whole idea of getting up and walking at 6 a.m. Here's another thing. Are you a morning person? You know, because we know we have larks and we have owls. If you are – I often um, – hear people say oh look okay i'm all excited i'm going to get active and so i'm going to start walking in the morning before work and you know one of the questions i often say to them how do you are you a morning person you enjoy getting up early and it's like no i hate it (laughs) and i said well well, look let's let's make it as least painful as possible 
right? Because once again, if, if that sound of that alarm in the morning, which no one loves, do that. Because none of us go, woohoo, just can't <laughs> wait to kick into the day um, because of that sound. If that's the sound that you associate with, oh, now I have to do, oh, now I have to go be active. Once again, it's just amplifying that, that association of, of negativity and pain. So, you know, find a time of day that works for you. And, you know, what we know that the science actually is very clear on this is that just regular periods of movement throughout the course of the day is actually as beneficial as, as blocking it into, into one segment. So even if you can only catch five or ten minutes, you know, during at lunchtime, whilst you're eating your lunch or after your lunch, go for a walk just around the block or take the kids out. Just if, if just those small little, in fact, in some ways, I actually recommend this approach nowadays because I think it's easier to pe- for people to embed into their busy lives. And what we also know, and this is, this, uh, to be honest, I've actually moved on from talking about, oh, you should do this because if you do that, then in 30 years' time, you won't die of that heart attack or whatever. You know, we know that that, that kind of potential pain isn't as motivating as, as what happens to us here and now. Um, and so what we know, the science actually indicates, is that when people move, right, just move, particularly if they can do it in a dynamic way, you know, so, you know, get up and dance to the wiggles <laughs> while the kids are watching it <laughs> or something like that. We know that it only takes about, about 10 minutes or less of that to actually increase your mood state. And so I've actually, I'm more interested now in talking about help, helping people to feel good and helping people to feel better. Well, um, talking about those 10-minute blocks, that sounds like something that is entirely achievable. My colleague just this morning was um, cheering that she came into work today and saying to another mum at daycare, I get to sit down for a whole day. And I wonder, you know, with, with parents who are at home with their young children, especially mm. ones that are on the move, mm. like toddlers... Um, they potentially could be doing a lot of acts of a lot of active stuff in mm. a day because they're just never sitting down. I mean, yes. that's surely a big tick in their favour. Absolutely, and you know what's what's actually fun is if for, when people put pedometers on, which are step counters, and you know obviously you can get sort of wristwatches now that count these things. We actually find that people like mums are actually a lot more active than they often give themselves credit for. So I mean, the gold standard is is ten thousand steps. If people are taking ten thousand steps. You're considered to be in, in the active range and above about 12,500 steps is, is the highly active range. And you know, we know that sedentary people who will often be less than 5,000, but mums of young kids where it's, whoa, look what they've got in their hands now, quick. <laughs> yes. and, and what's interesting, it's not, uh, it's, it's actually little sprint sessions sometimes in there too as you, you tear over to pull that out. It's, it's little wonder that we actually feel exhausted, you know, mm. as carers. Um, why, A, because of the sleep deprivation, but even beyond that, there is quite a lot of movement associated with it. But look, the point is, I think, is that, yeah, look, let's not feel guilty about what we're not doing, but let's think really positively about what we can do just to move. And essentially what the science says is the more that we can move, the better off we'll be. Okay, so if we could try and wrap this up in a nice little neat bow, your advice obviously is to move when you can, but could you leave us with, um, I suppose, your top tips for busy parents, tired parents who are thinking, okay, he's proven that moving will help lift my mood, now how do I do it? Yeah, look, I think that probably the top tip that I could offer is just to engage with kids in play. 
and 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 you know that there's a whole lot of benefits that come with that obviously that go well beyond just the movement aspect but you know if you can and look it's it's hard so don't beat yourself up about it but if you can when you're out there and the kids are, are playing with balls or they're you know on the swings just being present with them there and actually engaging with that and if you can hey roll the ball around with them or kick the ball around or run around with them even if it's just short little stints here and there we know that that makes a huge difference to people's overall movement patterns so i think it's more about being more intentional about just looking for those little movement opportunities not thinking that it has to be grand scale now what i will want to say is that for those who do have that you know who don't associate exercise with pain well, fantastic. You know, you really, if you can, um, try and block out that time where you really can get your own headspace. And we definitely know that when people uh, perform more higher intensity activity, that actually confers extra benefits. But for the most of us, for all of us, um, really just moving naturally throughout the course of the day. And kids are the masters at doing this. Oh, they do yes. it so naturally. Um, let's go and learn from them. Let's engage with them. What a brilliant point to end on. Darren, thank you so much for coming in. You're welcome. That was Dr. Darren Morton. And if you'd like to get your hands on his book, How to Live More Happy, just head to our website for all the details. That's kindling.com.au. 